Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the James Neal, the 18th episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always once again on a Monday, but this time post-Mother's Day, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how's it going? Good, Nolan. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I, uh, I, I'm, well, it's mid Oilers game. They're winning three uh, two. I'm wearing the uh, Leon Dreisaitl again. Yeah, n- knock on wood. And uh, you know, just uh, just still celebrating all the mothers out there after uh, after our after our post Mother's Day uh, memorandum. Memorandum. Uh, so it's pushing us back to a Monday recording, but you know what? Feeling good about Monday. Uh, shotgun seven Red Bull, so I'm, my energy's going to be higher. I'm going to say some obnoxious shit and uh, recap a very good week of Oilers hockey. A very solid week of Oilers hockey with a lot of things to be happy about. Is a that historic right? week of Oilers hockey, if you a will. A historic week of Oilers hockey. That doesn't count because of COVID. <laughs> well. Yes, we have a very entertaining, uh, fun-filled episode because I was not looking, or I was thinking that this was not going to have very much info, and then, uh, well, the Buffalo Sabres decided that they were going to have their exit interviews today and dropped some bombs today, so we're going to get to that. Miles, how about you give us off a little schedule of what we're going to do today? Hello, everyone. So today, we are going to be recapping the Vancouver Canucks versus Oilers week of events. (laughs) We are then going to move into a firm discussion and timeline of Thomas Wilson and his actions. Uh, Then we will talk about the last week of the season coming up, what we want to see before the playoffs, and we'll have a little treat related to Oilers jerseys going forward that we found on Twitter. I don't know what voice that was, but I, I just I committed to it, and I was going to get all of it out of it. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to back out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think next time you should go for, like, a Borat voice. <laughs> very nice. <It> very nice. <laughs> well, I have a hand read. <laughs> I always love seeing that on Twitter when people are just, like, Borat voice, and then it just says, my wife in a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's get down to it. Big, big, big week. Walking into this week, Connor McDavid is so close. He's getting so, so damn close to the record. Well, he's, so the record. Clo- he's so close, he's basically edging. That's kind of you didn't close. like that one? I thought I thought I was going to get like a oh or something from him. Well, that's that's what it was. It was, it was kind of like a... <laughs> Like you know, you know when like a you know like a little kid says like all oh, gross, but like it's like hey, like I kind of think like you're cute, but you're gross. You know, like kind of like a cooties thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't like the path that we're going down. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't like related this. edging to cooties. We did nothing of the fucking <laughs> sort, Nolan. That was you, my guy. <laughs> I'm getting canceled for this one. Uh-oh. The 18th and final episode of One for One. It's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> well, it wasn't a final ride for the Edmonton Oilers this week because they punched their fucking ticket to the playoffs. Let's go. <gasps> I, I'm just going to blow at everyone's eardrums with that one. Um, for the second year in a row, the Oilers have qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Technically speaking, for the first time in four years, they've actually clinched a playoff spot. Little, little hey. sad, but yay, yay, well, awesome. But, uh, th- I mean, it's a 5-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks, and the most important part was that they clinched, and that's all we needed. Uh, by the way, we're probably going to be giving you guys updates uh, to what's going on in the hockey game, and Montreal just tied it. That's great. We love to see it. Um, he scored to Foley. He fucking did it again. Is it fucking Corey Perry? No. Oh, who? It's freaking Arturi Lekkinen. 
That fuck loves yes. the Oilers. He loves, he the, loves Oilers. the Oilers. He's probably got, he probably has like an XG of like ninety seven percent. Shout out Connor McDavid. Um, Ken, if but, Ken, if you're listening, trade for him or sign him because he's dismantling us. Oh, by the way, there's a point in the game where um, where like they cut to Ken Holland and he was scrolling up on his phone with his index finger like a boomer, <laughs> and <laughs> I He's knew got that size was 72 font. I, I knew that was immediately going to get memed, and lo and behold, there's all there's all kinds of shit on Oilers Twitter right now. So uh, go look for those if you're uh, if you're if you're ever so interested. But uh, it, uh, starts off with a pretty nice little lineup decision. Dave Tippett decides that he's going to put uh, Tyler Ennis back in the lineup. And man, Tyler Ennis, who would have thought that he looks way better with Ryan McLeod than Devin Shore? Uh, Cause yeah. Uh, Not me. <laughs> um, I mean, Tyler Ennis, uh, Tyler Ennis in his limited time, he's now out of the lineup again, has looked really good with Ryan McLeod. It just, it, like I said in a previous episode, but it adds that little bit of, Offensive creativity, and it's been so, so, so nice to see. Um, but the most important part about this game was that four, four points in 18 minutes, and they clinched. And one other note, uh, they reunited the uh, the dry line. Or, or Sorry, no, they didn't reunite the dry line. They still had the uh, McDavid dry settle line. But Cahoon, Nuge, and Yamamoto, I don't know if you remember this at all, but, like, they looked really good. Like, really, really, really good. They kept on generating chances, and, I mean, Kyler Yamamoto, poor guy this week, has just looked (laughs) poor. He's been doing all the right things. He's been all the right positions, and he should have scored, like, seven goals this week. But, uh, unfortunately, he's got a big fat goose egg for the week. But they were just generating all kinds of chances. Uh, 96% expected goals. They were just absolutely incredible. And um, another thing we love to see, our Finnish friend, our Finnish boy. Yaffa is so happy for him. And because I found out it's Yaffa, not Jaffa. And we it's were, Yaffa. Yeah, it's Yaffa. We were, we were being stupid Canadians. Ooh. So um, shout out Yessi Poli Yarvi and shout out Yaffa. Uh, I love you, Yafa. We 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 love you, Yafa. But yeah, but yeah, clinched. It it's the it's the most important part about this whole thing. Uh, did you have any last little notes on that first game? No, I don't. Uh, I just would like to start off by saying that the Oilers finished last week three and one. And for those of you keeping track at home, I said two and two. Um, so I am wearing uh, no free ads Patagonia hat because I uh, had to eat the hat from last week. Well, I mean, I did say 4-0, so I mean, I, I was kind of wrong. Split the difference. The boys yeah. are right. Yeah, exactly. We'll each eat half a hat. Um, I like then, the title of this one, Nolan. I really like the title of this next one. The 4-1 win uh, from May the 4th, be with you, is the return of the Dentine Daddy. Bouchard was back in the lineup. Oh, oh. Oh, Nolan, I have one thing I wanted to say about the last episode. Yes. Uh, the boys were on one, and we were creating memes uh, that we were posting on the Instagram story. Um, and we had a return of two of our reoccurring fans from the team. We had a, I, I wanted to send a message to Dmitry Kulikov uh, getting his first point as an oiler from Russia with love. So I tagged uh, friends of the show, Zach Cassian and Tyson Berry. <laughs> hey, can you, guys, can you guys show this to uh, Kulikov? And both of them viewed our Instagram story for the second time. So I can only assume that that means uh, post-game when the, when the guys are having a pap and talking together, they're, they're scrolling our content and... Um, just waiting, waiting for a blue check to follow us. <clears throat> Either one of you guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we're yeah we're waiting there. Even if it's like, <laughs> e- even if it's like one of the Oilers that doesn't have the blue check mark. Like if you on Twitter, like Caleb Jones doesn't. Oh, actually, well, maybe. Uh, yeah, start. It. Pick a new one. Pick a different oiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, pick a different oiler on a different platform. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, just to just to update everyone. Tip it challenged and uh, it's no goal. So three two Oilers winning right now. Very nice. Very nice. But yes, May fourth uh, had the return of one Evan Bouchard and he looked terrific, incredible. Twenty minutes this game. Dave Tippett relied on him, let him play his game. You know who didn't look so good? William Logason. <laughs> 
boy, I felt so bad for young Evan Bouchard because he had to lug around. He had to lag around William Lagason. Oh, good one, <laughs> But they went in the lineup for Ethan or for Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear. Who have looked really good, but uh, you, sometimes you just got to let some of these guys that haven't played for a while get a little bit of time in. Uh, fun fact, I believe it was, there's 51 Mick points since the last time Evan Bouchard played. Holy shit, that's a stat. That's a yeah, stat. That's, that, that's a stat. And uh, yeah, Evan Bouchard looked great. He scored. Made, made me look, made me so proud. Uh, and scored on, a, on an awesome shot this like slap fake but then there was like a wrist in there it was just top tier top tier offensive d-man hockey and that's what we love to see here we love to see offensive d-men that don't get caught in pinches shout out to a certain somebody i uh, it, it was so nice to see evan bouchard drawn into the lineup um overall very good game from your edmonton oilers um, I have the stats sheet in front of me here, the stats legend, and surprisingly unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, um, there was no players on the Oilers that went minus that game. Everybody was even or uh, or a plus digit, so we like to see that as well. Yes, we we absolutely love to see it, and um, yeah, I I think. I think the organization's really big on Evan Bouchard, and I think that game kind of closes the door on whether or not Tyson Berry is going to be back. Um, one, uh, one, one, one thing that did get brought up, though, was uh, the looks like most likely um, Adam Larson being re-signed to a potentially four-year deal, <laughs> which... Uh... <laughs> Uh, don't get me wrong, Evan Adam Larson. Ever since those first couple of games, has made me look like a complete fool because he has been among the best defensive defensemen in the NHL this year. His underlying numbers are insanely good, and he's been great. However, uh, this is a man that has back issues, and I do not know if I want to see that for more than two years ideally you'd like two years at maybe like three million dollars that'd be pretty nice in a nice little covid world but uh i get this like i get this this the the, the creepy crawlies that uh we're gonna we're gonna see another chris russell contract out of this but it's gonna be handed to adam larson four years at four which uh paying adam larson in his 30s is not fun we'll see We'll see how it goes. Nothing's official yet, right? That's just some, yeah. some speculation. Yeah, well, exactly. And that, I, that was brought up by uh, Mark Spector, I think. Um, yeah, Heart. it's... Yeah, I, I just... I, hopefully, hopefully it's, it's not to too long a term, but you never know with freaking Ken Holland. Um, you know, I like that you liked my title for Return of the Dentine Daddy, but I thought this you were going to... I thought you were going to... No. Okay, good. I'm this glad, one's better. Uh, <laughs> Because Miko Koskinen went in the game, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, Miko li- Koskinen, <laughs> more like Rico Lostinen. Oh, my oh! God. <laughs> oh. fuck me, was he bad? <laughs> Can I read the stat line? Yes, go ahead. Um, <laughs> game started one, win, loss, loss, goals allowed, <laughs> four, saves, zero, goals against average, 20. Save percentage, 0.000. <laughs> Yanked after four minutes of play. <laughs> wow. It's almost impressive that he was that bad. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't even break his stick on the first try. He could. He literally couldn't do anything I think, right. To be fair, I think he did... Um, uh, I think it was Keith Ballard that tried to break his stick and he hit his goalie. I think he was doing the opposite. He didn't want to like hit the defenseman that was there in front of him. I can't remember who the who the D man was that was in front of him, but um, uh, hit, the, hit the other post then. <laughs> Fuck, who cares? Smash yeah, your exactly. Stick. Don't look, don't look like a coward. <laughs> you let in four goals. Your reputation is only gonna get worse if you don't break well, the stick. <laughs> and the, the the worst part about that too was is that if the Oilers scored one more goal, Mike Smith would have been credited with the loss. Oh, and I, like fucking poor guy. 
Mike, Mike Smith just gets the shit end of the stick again. Um, yeah, this was not a good game. Uh, Miko allowed four goals on four shots, and that was the first time since November 24th, 1989, when Washington's Don Beaupre got completely and utterly stuffed by the, the Mario Lemieux-led Penguins. So, um, shout out to Miko Koskin. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was just a big, fat, stinky, and... Uh, don't know how we feel about it, but uh, you know, maybe just uh, move on from this one. Uh, three, three, three McPoints though. So um, yeah, it was it it was bound to happen. It was bound there, like there was bound to be a game like this, and that's why I wasn't too like I wasn't too sad after the game was over. I was just kind of like yeah, whatever. You it's a loss. I remember, yeah, you, it's... you tweeted Nolan. You act, am I crazy for thinking the Oilers may actually win this one? LOL. Like and for a second there, it looked like they were actually going to make a little bit of a game out of it. Like when the when the yeah. goal, when the goalie change happened, the boys looked fucking electric, uh, and then came out in the second period and kind of were were flat, even a little bit game. Uh, and then just goal for goal ended up getting out of hand. Um, some rough stuff in this game. Some fisticuffs from from Sir Darnell Nurse, which the the lads do not like to see this close to the postseason. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm-mm-mm. He took a high stick in the face and then got a little bit uh, hot under the collar and and got into a fist fight. But um, Darnell, young man, if you're if you're listening, um, we can't have you doing cut, that. Cut that out. Cut that out. The- also, uh, you'll notice a theme, but yes, uh, Pooley Arby scored. Yeah, so I don't know if somebody at the beginning of the season said, "I don't know that he was going to get around twenty goals." You might have called them crazy, <laughs> but what's he at now? Sixteen, fifteen, fifteen oh. with the with the next game with the next, with the next game uh, that's included. Well, fifteen is still pretty friggin' close, so I'm very happy with it. With a yes, a fi- you know what? Fifteen over. Hold on, let's do the math right now, Miles. If he were to finish with fifteen goals in this fifty-six game season, he would have twenty-one goals in an eighty-two game season. Yeah, that's what I based it off of. I mean, sorry, I, 22, 22 goals yeah, in an eighty-two game season. I, I, I had the calculator out at the start of the year, and I was doing all that number crunching and. <laughs> I just forgot to mention that uh, I was talking about an 82-game season, not 56. So this is what it is. Still right, still had it, locked down, and uh, feeling good about it. Realistically speaking, if we were to ha- if we were to get him to score two more goals, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, um, that would put him at 17 goals, in which he would be on pace for almost 25 goals. Unbelievable. Is, which is, is unbelievable. For, for a guy that didn't play in the NHL last year, oh, I'm so... Please, every every underlying number with him too is incredible. He's like the second, believe it or not, like the just the by by advanced metrics, he is arguably the second best player on the team. Who's the best player on the team? McDavid. Oh, okay, like statistically, like, McDavid's he, the best player on the team. Analytically speaking, McDavid is the best player on the team, and it's like not even close. Very nice. It's very nice. But the but like the second best player on the team because of his two way ability is Jesse Poliarvi because that's factoring in both offensive and defensively. Um, yeah, what a gem! I love him. Big strong, love him so 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 big, much. Strong smiley boy, man. Him getting happy. Giant tongue on him. Him getting saying happy birthday at center ice for practice before the last oh. game of the of the set. Oh. I want to be there. I, w- I want to be there. I want to. I w- the boy singing him "Happy Birthday," letting him lead the team in stretches was, like, just enough of a of a serotonin boost that I need to get through this month until I get my COVID vaccination. And and that was it. That was it. And I'm and then, so happy. And and then we'll both be vaxxed. We'll both be vaxxed, daddies. But how 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 crazy is that to think? That's insane. I, Stick to hockey, but I can't wait. I can't <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, uh, Montreal tied it up again. Um, <laughs> whoopsie daisy. <laughs> we don't like to see that. Um, I, well, actually, we'd like to see uh, we'd like to see uh, Edmonton Oilers overtime. But, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, really, uh, really not great game. And uh, let's move on to a great game. To huh? To, to a, a great to a great game. To a pretty good game. Where do we start? We start. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna say the title right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what I named this game because we're gonna. Because we're gonna say that. We're gonna get there. 
Where to start? This game had everything we wanted. Minus Evan Bouchard. Minus Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard, who I may add, or should add, is a fan of the show, uh, posted a little Instagram story of, of Sir Evan Bouchard, and, and he saw it. I saw okay. the, I saw it there. So just let, just letting the people know Evan Bouchard is a big one-for-one fan. Um, <clears throat> Mick points. Check. Dry settle goal. Check. Yes, a goal. Check. And God... We knew this game was going to be so good with like 40 seconds in. Uh, McDavid sends this wrister up on Thatcher Demko and it just like sneaks right through and nobody knew it was a goal. And then it just, and then Connor's like, nope, that's a goal. Um, <laughs> it, God, he's so friggin' good, man. And the second period comes because for the rest of the first, that like it looked like it was the Oilers game. And then the second period comes, bang, yes, he goal. 15 goals on the season. McDavid has a or has a point on both of those goals. So it's his own and then obviously the assist on Yessi's goal. We'll forget about the two Canucks goals that uh, uh, tied it up. Then 12-27 into the second. Leon from Neal and Connor for point five hundred for Leon Dreisaitl. It's getting under sh- it, it, like he he's definitely getting under or, uh, undershadowed is, is that is, or overshadowed fuck <laughs> it's like the monkey on, it's like the monkey off his chest um, and uh, I mean five hundred points for Leon Drysaddle like and in the and in, in the span of time he's done this in this guy is just uh, I can't put into words how happy I am that he's developed into the player that he has he's one of the hardest working guys it seems like he is on the team. And he's a hell of a leader, and he's a hell of a just a hell of a guy. Like I, I, I cannot say more more nice things about Leon Drysaddle. And that is point ninety nine for Connor McDavid, leading us into right near the end of the second, with about forty seconds left. You'll notice a theme here. <laughs> uh, the Oilers are on a five on three. Connor gets a pass from Darnell Nurse. Sends a cross crease to Leon Dreisaitl, who is open for the one-timer. Bang. Done. For his 100th point of the season. To make it the McCentry. Wow. Um, 100 points in 56 games. Uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, he's 24 years old. Are you speechless, or are you just not? Are you just not sure what to say? I'm waiting for you, because I know you're. I know you're way more happy about this than than go. I am. Go. Y- y- you can go. It's fine. Um. So we've been tracking this for a while. This is something that fans of the Edmonton Oilers and fans of hockey in general have been waiting and watching for all season long. Um. At three distinct points this season, we have shared on our Instagram a poll asking fans, "Will Connor McDavid reach a hundred points?" Um, and at three distinct times, we got very different answers. Um, the first time we posted it was about a 50-50 split of yes and no. Um, we posted it again when he hit roughly 80 points, and it was a lot higher. Um, but there were still some naysayers. So when we posted it at 90 points, Will Connor McDavid hit 100 this year, I was shocked, appalled, and utterly flabbergasted to see four reckless fart-inhaling individuals vote no on that. But I, 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 that was a leading poll. As someone with some market research experience, that was a leading poll because I put, no, I'm a Flames fan. So two people that voted for it. Does, uh, one, of them, does one of them rhyme with James Pan Lyle? Yes. So I was, oh, I was going to say, I, I, I posted that and blurred out the names because I wanted to save the shaming for the episode. I got a few replies in the DMs like, shame them, shame them. And I was like, oh, I got to hold on and wait. So two of those people I'm okay with voting no for. And, and that was Flames fan Kyle and... Oh, I gave one away. Can we re-edit that? We'll edit this out. So two of them that voted for that were Flames fan Kyle and Matt Pukashells. Two... Long-time Flame stands who vote for the Flames pretty much every game. Um, give me the business constantly. I was expecting the two of them to vote for that for for the for Connor to not hit a hundred just out of spite, just out of pure jealousy, anger, anger. <laughs> yes. Um, but what I wasn't expecting was bracket Dylan and bracket Holloway 
and four pie Alex, who's second in the Pickapalooza, to vote no. I'm a Flames fan on that um, because they are not Flames fans. They are Montreal Canadian and Vancouver Canucks fans. So clearly, they just doubted the greatness that is Connor McDavid. And if you actually thought he wasn't going to hit 100, you're you're foolish. You're stupid. And I know that both of you aren't stupid, so I, I don't assume that. But <laughs> you both voting no on that, like what what are you doing? Connor's going to hit 100. You should be celebrating. This is a joyous occasion. I'm Man, very passionate about Connor hitting 100, Nolan. It's fucking insane it's, that he it, hit 100. Amazing. It's amazing. It's the, it's the, I, I keep on trying to explain this to people. It's the greatest offensive season in like 25 years. Okay, two, th- two like, things on that, Nolan, because I agree with you 100%. Um, for anyone who says doesn't count because he was only playing against North Division teams, I am going back to the argument that I've used all season long. The North Division on aggregate probably has the best individual goalies and some of the best D-corps in the league. Impressive. Extremely impressive. That's out the window. Second point to that, if we look at the last time that this was on pace, it was 95-96 and it was Lemieux and Yager. Okay? Think about how good, how much, sorry, not how good, how much better the average hockey player and the average goaltender has gotten. Uh, Yeah. It's fucking insane that he's able to do that in 2021. Who gives a fuck what division he's playing in? Who gives a shit what asterisk is by the year? The man hit 100 points in 56 games. That's outrageous. And the and the point is too is that and it's not even fifty six games yet he still has more to go yeah but like the other issue with this is the fucking goalpost moving because like I'm sorry if Connor McDavid was in the Pacific Division is it that much better he's gets a, he gets to feast on the Canucks the Flames the freaking uh, 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 Kings the Sharks and the Ducks and they all stink yeah that's a and really like, good point that's yeah a very and then good you point. and then you can still and then. They'll have the odd game where they go to fucking Detroit, the odd game where they go to Buffalo, and <laughs> like like playing some stinky teams. So and it's like and then it's the whole thing. Oh, he uh, oh he, play, he got to play the Senators like uh, ten times. It's like name another team that beat the Senators. Fucking you know that had that had no losses to the Senators. Hold on, I actually have a very interesting statistic about the Senators here because the Senators have been getting pooped on for way too long. If They've you, been, like, if you, one of the better teams in the league for, I think, the last month. If you take the game, the nine games that they played against Edmonton out, um, the Senators are the third, excluding the Oilers as well, are the third best team in the North Division. If you take their losses against the Oilers out, they are 44 games played, 21 wins, 18 losses for a .534 point percentage. That's if you take insane. their games against the Oilers out. So for anyone that wants to bitch about McDavid, to your point about what would happen if he was in the Pacific and anyone who wants to bitch about the nine games against the Senators, choke on that. Those are stats. Men and women lie. Statistics do not. Connor McDavid is a very good hockey player. Yeah. Shout and out, Connor. It's gonna be, and you know what? It's going to be so funny when he has like 170 points next year and he tells everybody to eat his asshole. <laughs> Suck it, fucking losers. Um, yeah. Connor McDavid rules. I love him so much. And... It, it once again. Uh, it, can we talk about the celly between him and Leon? Leon scores and immediately turns to Connor, and then fucking Darnell comes right from right behind. Like that's the uh, that's the stuff I've wanted to see in Edmonton for so long. At, like we hadn't seen that since like the playoff run, and I and I think I consistently think about it. Like two years ago, thinking about the last couple of interviews that McDavid did before he hurt his leg, like before that last Calgary game where they were so out of it and Ken and like 10 inch cock was the coach and <laughs> like the, the team looked so defeated. They were done. And now it's like the amount of positivity that seems to be in this room and the amount of, and I think a lot of this has to do with guys like James Neal. I think it has a lot to do with guys like Mike Smith. And that's that's going to be an important part is because we can't rely on Mike Smith for you know years and years to come. And I think that's a big reason why he was brought back is probably because he balances out that locker room a lot. And it's going to be important that as we develop Connor, Leon, Darnell, uh, uh, Nuge, freaking Yamamoto, all these guys, they have to develop as leaders of this team. And you know what? It's okay to say that maybe these guys weren't ready to be leaders. And that's okay. It's okay. Like, 
the I think of the whole Eberly Nuge Oilers, and they were terrible because there was no like there was no leadership on the team. And I'm not talking signing, uh, 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 not talking signing 35 year olds, and, and they're bad and being like, oh, we, we need you know toughness and leadership. But it's about having those guys in there that have been there and can say, listen, like we can get through this, we can do this, we can pull this off. And that's what helps develop guys like Connor McDavid. I mean, look at a guy like Jonathan Taves. Look at the amount of fucking veterans he had all around him, and look at the player he turned into. And I just. I, I have a lot of faith in what this team is going to be, and I think after this season, and I think after this offseason of, of being able to stock up and become that team and take that next step, it's going to be so, so, so good. Oh, exactly. And and to further that point, Noel, and I think like a guy like, just like you said, like a James Neal and a, um, and a Mike Smith coming into that locker room and, and, you know, just like having those candid conversations with the rest of the team, like, why are you guys beating yourselves up so bad? Like, we're good. You guys are good hockey players. Like, this is going to be okay. Like, I remember back on the, you know, 2008 Arizona Coyotes, and we were having a run like this, and blah, 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 and they're able to just reassure those guys, something that the Oilers haven't had for, for a very long time. But um, instilling that confidence in the young leadership core that you just mentioned um, is only going to, you know, do even better things for the guys that are coming up, like McLeod and hopefully Benson and Bouchard and, and Broberg. So, like you said, man, I'm really looking forward to the future of this team. Um, we've been waiting for something like this in Eulerville for so long that it almost feels scary to talk about the future in a positive light. But I think we can all kind of have that collective sigh of relief and think that the, the, the process has been trusted and that, you know, next season is going to be not a roller coaster, but something with a little bit more consistency of, of the Oilers being good. It's exactly the reason why, when, like, when people were getting on the whole uh, uh, McDavid's going to request a trade because Edmonton has no future, it was like, all you need is a couple of, like, all you need is a couple of, of, of shrewd moves, and you're there, and you're back in it. And, like, I mean, you look at what they've done in Bakersfield too. I mean, it's just it, it's so it, it, like like you said, it's so good to see, and it's it's a little scary because now pressure's on, real pressure is on because, I mean, this this playoff run might be a little bit of a might be a little bit of a you know of an odd one because it might be like you know we're not we're not we're not expecting as much, but next year is going to be the chips go in and we're going for it so. Anyways, optimism, happy, optimism, good stuff, good stuff, good Bunsen, good Bunsen. And uh, with that being said, let's get to the couple of Oilers things first and then we'll close off Oiler talk, okay? Okay, can I add one in here? Um, yes, at the very beginning, shout out Dylan Holloway today. Oh yeah, signed his, signed his AHL deal, yeah, or, well, his, his AHL tryout. So um, Dylan Holloway has signed an AHL tryout with the Bakersfield Condors, uh, amateur tryout. It, 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 it fucking here, here you go, Dylan. <laughs> um, and, uh, he's uh, stealing Zach Cassian Valor. Hi, I know you scored lots of goals this year for your, for your NCAA team. Here's trial contract. You can play if your hands better. That's Jay Woodcroft <laughs> talking to him. That, uh, that's a very accurate, accurate voice of what I think Jake Woodcroft would sound like. Her- Heck, Goss, um, <laughs> I just uh, worked under Todd McClellan for a couple of years, and uh, you know now we're uh, now now we're working for the Condors. Hey, thank you. Um, yeah, let's go, Dylan Holloway, and uh, that could be a fucking nasty team. Although you can't compete for the Calder Cup, unfortunately, because they're not uh, awarding it. By the way, I'm I have the game open on my phone, RN, um, and uh, overtime has just started. And I and and if they score, I will I will shout overtime winner. Waiting. Sound good? Ready and waiting. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyways, last se- last week of the season. Right now, um, what do we want to see before uh, before we get to playoffs? Uh, Oilers related. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see lots of Bouchard. I want to see lots of Evan games. Um. I want to see some guys get rested. Uh. For a player like Connor McDavid, I would I would like to see him sit. Um, but I don't think we will just because he's like a mutant and he's going to, they're going to be yeah. like, okay, Connor, you scored a hundred. Like, what do you really have to prove? And he's going to be like, oh, there's a, there's a game today. 
and <laughs> I want to I want to skate a minimum of twelve minutes, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have some chicken wings after, some baked yeah. chicken wings and hot sauce. I don't, I, did you did you say that just because just because you needed like a random food or did you actually know that's Connor McDavid's cheat meal? That's Connor. No, that's because he's a fucking lizard person. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> considers and considers baked chicken wings and hot sauce to be a cheat meal. There's like there's six girls on Instagram that are making that with like the fingernails painting emoji like wipe me up and Connor's like yeah this is like when I'm indulging I'm gonna have this and a, and a chocolate protein shake. After I, after I get it's, back oh, from not, my finding, it's not chocolate. Run. It's a biosteel fucking foodie yeah, beverage. Yeah, he doesn't. He eats like vegan whey or some shit. Dude, how much Michelob Ultra do you think he drinks in the summer? None, dude. He drinks neutrals. Oh, does he? Yeah, there's pictures of him on boats uh, sucking back vodka bevs. Oh, so yeah, he's not a he's nice. not a beer guy. Yeah, he's a neutral guy. No free ads. Do you think he's uh, uh do you think he's do you think he's knocking on some BL seltzers this year uh, uh this year? <sighs> I mean, one can only speculate, but yeah. um, I would love oh, to. I would uh, love to have one with them. Uh, no free ads, by the way. Um, anyways, no, no free ads. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I'd, I'd like to see. I, I'd like to see Connor said. I don't think he's going to, but ideally, what I would like to see is him play like twelve minutes a game. Yes. Instead of like twenty-five. Yes. Because. Um, that's not ideal. And rack up the time for Dylan Holloway. Like, really see what you got with this guy. And Dylan Holloway or Ryan McLeod? Sorry, Ryan McLeod. Jesus. Um, but see what you got with Ryan McLeod. Because from what I've seen, and especially with... I cannot believe I'm saying this, but him and James Neal and Alex Chason <laughs> have looked awesome. What an aggressive change, hey? What a 180. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's insane how good they've looked. So... Maybe this is because James Neal is finally recovering from his COVID complications, um, and Alex Chase on just firing slap shots from the fucking blue line. But uh, it's it, they're they're looking really good, and uh, not much else I can say about that. Um, but what I would like to see is, yeah, like you said, Bouchard in the lineup. Really trying. I would ideally like to get a lot of those right-handed defensemen a little bit of rest, like especially a guy like Adam Larson. Those miles are hard on him. And um, <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> and we know that, like, we know that Tyson Berry is not going to get pulled out of the lineup as much as Oiler fans want to beg and plead for it. Um, it's just not going to happen. So let's just let's just look forward to it. But I do think Bouchard is going to get some time, and maybe Slater Cuckoo if he can get ready to go, because um, he's going to have he's going to have to make it back in the lineup at some point. Um, also, yeah. Nolan, one other thing I would like to see is uh, Sir Aaron Dell play a game. You mean or, Alex Daylock? Yeah, Alex Daylock. Did we ever have Aaron McDavid Dell? scored. McDavid. Oh! Overtime! Winner! Oh, yeah, okay. I would like to see. What are we holding on for? Are you playing I'm just No, you talk because I'm just I'm just going to tweet from the one-for-one account and just show Overtime winner. Excellent. Um, follow us on Twitter if you're not already. But I would like to see um, Alex Daylock at least, if not play, at least dress a game, uh, especially after the fucking meltdown of Miko Koska lose. Um, we need to have we need to have some risks mitigated and have him at least somewhat ready to go in if the unthinkable happens and, and one of the guys gets hurt. So the fact that he hasn't been in yet sucks, but uh, clocks are ticking. And since this, since the playoffs are clinched, since there's the X by the name, uh, what the hell do you have to lose? Give it a go. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like, um, like I, I, there was the whole thing too about the like you can only use so many roster moves or something like that before playoffs start. I, I, I don't know the specifics on it. I don't know how many roster moves have been used. I know they used one on Evan Bouchard. So um, Staylock did back up tonight. So maybe that's a sign of things to come. Because you're gonna like you have to play him, but I think at the end of the day they're gonna they're gonna have um they're gonna have Miko Koskinen as the backup. No, the backup I'm switch. not saying I'm not saying that they shouldn't. Yeah. I, I very much think Koskinen yeah. but should. But they the but they should play Staylock because he yeah. hasn't played in like nine months. Yeah, so, put him in a fucking game. Yeah, exactly. Um, things that uh, things they should that, things they that, should put in the lineup. Uh, things that make oh. me things that make me go yeah man for two hundred Nolan. Tom Gazzola was reporting off of a um, of a tweet from Aesthetics, the rumor mill for jerseys that 
Royal Blue could be back in the next year or so. We love to see it. And oh, please just, 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 you know, you know what my, you know what my, you know what my dream is? You know what my, my galaxy brain dream is? What? Royal Blue Homes. Reverse Retro Aways. I know, I know we like the Aways, but Reverse Retro Aways. The Reverse Retros are yummy. Yummy, oh, yummy, yummy. Yes. So, yeah, if we had Royal Blue Home, Reverse Retro Away, and and the current alternate as an actual alternate, not a home, um, I would be happy with that. I would be ecstatic yep. with that. But, By the way, Oilers, that's uh, I don't approve of that, making your fucking alternate as the home jersey for this playoff. Because if, if, if Connor McDavid, God forbid Connor McDavid lifts the Stanley Cup in the alternate, I'm going to fucking blow up. Um, no comment because I feel like I'm one of the only people that really likes that alternate. Not more than I, the, not more than the homes, but like, I really like those alternates. I like the alternate, but it just it's I, I I can't I can't get behind using that as your regular home. It just makes me scared. One for one bingo. One for one bingo. Speaking, Anyways, speaking of being scared, uh, I know when I leave my house and I'm not wearing a literal shell of a fucking tortoise. I'm terrified that Tom Wilson is going to come up behind me, cross-check me in the back, and give me a lower body injury for the rest of the season. Well, let's get into it. Uh, Tom Thomas Wilson doesn't have a middle name. His name is just Thomas Wilson. May 3rd. Let's do a timeline breakdown, right? May 3rd. Rangers get the puck on the Capitals' net. Net front scrum ensues, which involves Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah. Uh, face down... Face down on the ice, and Tom Wilson is on top of is on top of his back, punching him in what looks like his head, but could also be his shoulder, using his using his stick as a like choking thing to hold up his neck. Um, Panarin, Artemi Panarin, the New York Rangers superstar, decides that he's going to uh, try and defend his teammate, just at least getting Tom Wilson off of Butchnevich. And uh, what ends up happening is Tom Wilson loses his mind and uh, thinks that that's now a fight <laughs> in which uh, Tom Wilson decides that he's going to knock Artemi Panarin's helmet off and then proceed to grab Panarin by the hair and pull him down onto the ice, narrowly missing out on Artemi Panarin, cracking his skull in the ice and effectively ending his hockey career. And then, after that all ensued... Uh, Tom Wilson then did his uh, his his fake tough guy pose, which has been memed about, um, which uh, in its own right is kind of hilarious, but whatever. And then the Washington Capitals decided that they were going to tweet this little number, which was a uh, it, it, the, the 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 classic uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what what you call the meme where it's like the like this is mostly it, but then there's some of that. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'm, Have you looked at the tweet? I'm bringing it up right now. Okay, I am too because it's my inter- my my internet's being slow. Um, and oh it, fuck, yeah. Tough, <laughs> I did not know they tweeted that. <laughs> so it's like it's like the breakdown of like an image, and then it's got like the bracket where it's like uh, this is fine. Holy sh- and then like the next section is like holy shit, and it's usually broken up that way. So the Capitals um, did a picture of Tom Wilson. What's at the skate? What's that? What's at the oh, skate? Uh, fuck. Where did it go? Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Okay. You you do your thing, and I will find out what's at the my, skate. My my thing is I can't fucking read. This is terrible. I can't zoom in. <laughs> but. Um, at the, his skates, it's at, set. The best goal scorer in the league, and then from yeah, his, you his got ankle, yeah. from his ankles to his shoulder, it says rent free, and then his head is just like she 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 she, and then the Oilers tweet or the Capitals tweet at Capitals <laughs> chooses violence, after Tom Wilson like, uh, well, let's call it spade a spade assaults two guys on the ice. First off. Not a good look to use uh, to put the terms capital and violence together, after, especially in these uh, traumatizing times. Yeah, take that, uh, take that a couple months back, Washington, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> democracy weeps. But anyways, 
this tweet is just so fucking tasteless, and I cannot believe that the social media team actually had the gall to press send on that. And furthermore, they uh, really lived up to it by deleting it right after, which is... Yeah, I feel like somebody looked at that and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> they probably got a call from the NHL and were yeah. like, yeah, you got to take that down there, friend. Um, then, May 4th, as everyone's wondering what's going to happen with Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson is fined $5,000 by the Department of Player Safety for roughing Pavel Buchnevich, um, in which the Rangers respond by re- releasing the statement. Uh, and I will as try it, and pull up the statement. As it, as it will forever be known, the statement. Yeah, which if you haven't seen the statement, you are living under a rock, maybe. Uh, but you, you shouldn't be living under a rock if you can listen to this podcast. Uh, so, I mean, if you're living under a rock and listen to this podcast, I mean, there's going to be some fucking good AirPods you got up there, friend. But. <laughs> How are you charging them, dude? <laughs> you got, like, one of those solar chargers you get, like, case of beer, dude? <laughs> I feel like I could have had something that was, like, rock-related to charging, but I my, my mind is just completely fried especially after Connor McDavid just scored an overtime winner. Um, anyways, the statement basically saying that the Rangers were horrified by the, uh, by the actions of Tom Wilson and that they, they uh, believe that George Paris should have to step down from his role as uh, the head of uh, Department of Player Safety. In which that followed up with uh, a shitstorm over the next 48 hours, in which the New York Rangers fired General Manager Jeff Gordon and President of Hockey Operations John Davidson and promoted Chris Drury, uh, former Buffalo Sabre and former New York Colorado Ranger. Avalanche. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was an Av. Whoops. <laughs> uh, promoted him to GM and Poho. And uh, <laughs> then. And apparently this is all due to the fact that the the rumor mill states that uh, Gordon and Davidson were basically going around all their management circles and saying, we had no part of this. It was all James Dolan. And James Dolan responded by, hey, you don't want to stand up for our star player and our organization? Get the hell out. That's my $100 million investment, not yours. Um, and then 24 hours after that, the Rangers were fined two hundred and fifty grand. You by... also you also skipped the fucking melee, the Super Smash Brothers melee. What did I miss? The boxing match. Oh fuck! <laughs> the most important, like one of the most important things that happened. Hell of a timeline. Uh, so Whoopsie. May fifth, after the Rangers fired Gorton and Davidson, there is still a hockey game to be played between those New York Rangers and Washington Capitals where uh, the Washington Capitals and New York Rangers pulled the classic NFL move. We're not going to release our starting lineup until fucking game time, and we have absolutely no other choice um, so that we can't match up fighters. So as everyone expects, um, everybody they put out their big boys to fire up the game, and one second into the game, there was 82 minutes of penalties handed out. Um, the game finished up, the Capitals won, and then the next day the Rangers were fined $250,000. I know this. I, I go on. I know that, I know this has been talked about a lot, and I feel like I'm not going to say anything here that is earth-shattering or any sort of new crazy take. Um, but just to start from the beginning, to give you my two cents, um, because you're listening to this show, I'll give it to you. Um, with the firings, if that was a James Dolan idea, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm personally okay with that. And I think that the GM and, you know, even if you don't think that uh, what's-his-nuts isn't, or isn't good enough to do his job, Jeff Perro or George Peros, um, regardless, if, if Artemi Panarin gets grabbed down by the hair and Buchnevich has his fucking stick on the back of his neck, as a franchise, I think you have to say something because those guys are literally putting their life on the line to play a game for you. Um, mm-hmm. You got to stand up for them. So um, maybe they shouldn't have gotten fired for that, but... I like the move by the Rangers to try and stand up for their guys. I think that that's okay. Um, I like that they put guys out there to fight Tom Wilson because if the Department of Player Safety isn't going to suspend him, which, like, why didn't you? Um, 
especially with the history that guy has. Stupid. So shout out to the Rangers for going out there and defending their guys uh, and, and, you know, showing that they're not just going to lay over and die and get pushed around, that they're going to go out and, and fight and keep going after Wilson. They were they lost like six, six out of seven fights um, in that game, but they still kept going for it because they were not going to look you know get beat down by those guys so shout out to the rangers uh and then the nhl has the gall to find them two hundred fifty thousand dollars. i know that's nothing for for a major sports team but like the nhl what are you doing i don't like this is completely one-sided these guys are the victims in this case and you're going after them and not the capitals so i'll, I'll preface by saying this um I think Tom Wilson is a great hockey player. I think he's awesome. And I think that when Tom Wilson is on his best behavior, and and don't get me wrong, you can hit, you can play on the edge, you can be a fucking asshole on the ice. 100%. That's okay. 100%. That's okay. That's valuable. Um, I've explained this before, but guys like that are a commodity in the, in the NHL now. They used to be the fucking dime a dozen players, and now, they're, now they are one of the most valuable things in this league because – they are not only good at hockey, but they also intimidate the hell out of the opposing team. But <clears throat> this is a complete and utter disaster by the NHL. And it could not come at a worse time. You are trying to market the game with the help of TNT and ESPN. And what is the last thing that a parent that is on the edge of deciding whether or not they want to put their child in hockey, what is the last thing they want to see? Some fucking brute caveman getting away with this nonsense time and time again. And where's the fucking uh, the, uh, the repeat offender? Where's that multiplier? You know, like... There should be that in there. At the very minimum, at the very utter minimum, Tom Wilson should have got five games. 100%. It's the second, this is his second fucking suspendable offense this season. In a shortened season. And it's like, I don't... Like I, I, and then, and then it's funny. The NHL will, 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 will have harsher punishment on a team for hurting their feelings than they will on a player that's getting away with violence, with fucking violence on the ice. And there's a difference between hitting somebody and what Tom Wilson was doing. Like, there's a difference between those two types of violence. And the fact that the NHL will actually get up there and say that the uh, that 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 they that they that they stand by everything that was done and, and and that they're okay with this and they're trying to build this game what are you doing what are you honestly doing and then you've got and then you've got the takes you've got the and this is this goes back to the whole my whole problem with like hockey media and stuff like that the reason why I'm trying to go outside of the box with what they're going to do for 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 hiring for NHL on TNT and NHL on ESPN and stuff like that you got guys like fucking Jeff O'Neill the the O dog uh going on Twitter and being like lot of pigeons out there today lol it's like yeah, you, you know why people are fucking mad is is because a, a, an asshole. Well, sorry, Tom Wilson might be a nice guy. Sorry, but an asshole on the ice is continuously getting away with bullshit when we're trying to move away from this. This this type of hockey does not exist anymore, and like the and 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 there's a difference between like hitting some guy and then we're having like a discussion about uh, about whether or not he meant to make contact with the head or it was the shoulder that whole thing we're not talking about that we're talking about a guy that was punching a guy who was defenseless on the ice and then proceeded to throw his teammate down by the hair with no helmet on it's just brute bullshit, and it, I don't understand how it's going un, uh, unscathed in this game. And t- karma is going to come. It, like karma is going to come for Tom Wilson. I don't. I don't want anything bad to happen to a player, but karma is going to come for Tom Wilson. And it's. I, I don't know, man. Like I. I just don't know what to say at this point. It's. I. I agree with you hundred percent with what you were saying before, Nolan. In the terms that, like, I like Tom Wilson. Like, before this season started, I was a big Tom Wilson fan. I love the game that he plays. I love the offensive upside that he has. The Swiss Army knife of roles that he can play on a team as a physical guy, as an offensive guy, as a power play guy, 
uh, as an intimidating force, as an enforcer. Fucking awesome that, that that's there. And Matthew Barnaby tweeted, like, everybody who's looking at this, uh, this series of events and says that they wouldn't back up the truck for Tom Wilson is a liar. Like, you know what? Yeah, you're probably right because a lot of teams would pay Tom Wilson a lot of money to play hockey for them. But totally. the, hit, the hit that he made at the start uh, on the, uh, I believe that was the Penguins. Um, the first uh, no, one, it was on Boston, uh, Brandon on Boston. Carlo. Right, right. The, the first hit that he got suspended on this year, um, on the on the show here, I was like, okay, that's a little gutless. Like a week after us talking about how sick he is, Tom Wilson, I don't want to see that. And then for him to go out and do this in the same shortened season within like two and a half months of each other, I'm out on Tom Wilson. I don't. I don't cheer for Tom Wilson. I don't support Tom Wilson. I don't yeah. want. I don't want Tom Wilson to win a Stanley and, Cup. And to I'm all sorry. the fucking. And to all the fucking. Uh, uh, f- well, he already has a Stanley Cup, and that's gonna get thrown on our no. face. But no, um, I, not, not that's. Not, I don't want to. I didn't get to finish. I don't want to get to. See, I don't want to see him win another Stanley Cup in his career. Oh, whatever yes, team he's on, I never want to see him win a team award again because, like. I wonder what that team's like at this point, especially everything going on with TJ Oshie and his dad passing away and, you know, how they're coming together as a locker room. And then you've got That should have been the story, man. Exactly. And then you've got this fucking bonehead doing something stupid and senseless like that. Um, Take it, like, should be a feel-good story, and he just has to be a dumbass. And to, to all the, like, fucking guys like Ryan Whitney who think that, like it, it, the the irony is beyond me. The irony that like literally like the one of the softest defensemen of his generation is calling out fucking is is calling out fans for being crybabies because like Tom Wilson's getting like is getting away with fucking assault on the ice. Like you know what you know what Whit? Why don't you just fucking drink your drink your shitty fucking pink lemonade flavored vodka and fuck off like. And and yeah, you know what, guys, teams, all the teams want Tom Wilson, but you know what they don't want? They don't want a guy they can't play. So fuck off with that. I'm done with Tom Wilson. Done with him. Let's talk about your favorite thing in the world, Nolan. The Buffalo Sabers. In which I, I, (laughs) how 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 funny is this? Nolan is a closet Sabers fan. I'm a closet Sabres fan, but I'm also a I'm also a big fan of like writing topic titles. Do you get it, Miles? I do. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, Jack Yikesel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought it was funnier than, than I think you're giving me credit for. Um, yeah, Buffalo is a complete mess. Um, we're gonna wrap this up pretty shortly here, but uh, just to, I, I want to pour one out for the Buffalo Sabres because. Uh, Oh, um, let's start off with Jack Eichel, shall we? Um, or actually, no, let's not start off with Jack Eichel. Let, let's start off with, uh, with, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, who said, who it, it basically to paraphrase said, uh, if this team doesn't make the playoffs next year, I'm gone. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> uh, Sam Reinhardt, uh, 2014 second overall pick behind, uh, we know, dry settle. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Uh, also came out and said, uh, that he's 26 years old and he has not played any meaningful hockey in his career yet. Double yikes! Ah, and then for the uh, the cherry for, on top for the I'd actually call this the I could actually call this the home run. This isn't even a double or a triple. This is a home run. Yikes! This is the yikle is what it is. Um, just going to quote basically Greg Wachinski's article from ESPN. No free ads um, about what's going on with Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabers. Star Center Jack Eichel said there's a disconnect between him between himself and the Buffalo Sabres over how his neck injury was handled this season, leaving his future with the franchise very much unsettled. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Jack Eichel had a herniated disc in his neck that kept him out for the final 33 games of the season, um, and they announced that he was expected to be back and healthy for the start of next season. But in his postseason availability, he wouldn't say if his next season would be in Buffalo and was mentioning the way the team handled his injury. Here's his quote. 
I've been a bit upset about the way things have been handled since I've been since I've been hurt. I'd be lying to say that things have moved smoothly since my injury. There's been a bit of disconnect between myself and the organization. It's been tough at times. Right now, for me, the most important thing is just trying to get healthy. Figure out a way to be available to play hockey next year, wherever that might be. Deuces, Jack. See you next oh. season. LA is going to look so dope with you oh, it's, on its, it's roster. It's the Rangers. He's going to the Rangers, man. I think he's going to the West Coast, so we get some more uh, Connor, Connor Leon game or uh, Connor uh, Eichel games. But man, that's too bad. Um, that's really too bad that uh, it's gotten to a point like this. I don't blame it. Like Jack Eichel's been hearing his name in trade talks for a season, over a year at this point. Um, if this is the final nail in the coffin, and this is how his career in Buffalo ends, um, terrible to see. But I fully expect that Sam Reinhardt and uh, Jack Eichel leave the city of Buffalo on a tandem bicycle. <sighs> they still have, they still have to have the media availability for their extra young guys tomorrow too, which is a little, little frightening, uh, which is Rasmus Dahlin from everything I've seen though. Rasmus Dahlin has been looking at everything very positively uh, since the coaching change, which I don't blame him because I, because as much as I like Ralph Kruger, I think he's a, a bit of a poison to defensemen. Uh, he's just just can't develop them what like whatsoever. And Rasmus Dahlin looked like a completely different player pre and post Kruger this season. Uh, he's what went off since the since the coaching change. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the I think this is the end for Jack Eichel. I don't think there's any coming back from this. And I think at, at this point. Like it, Kevin Adams has a very important job and it's how am I going to sell this to the fans, but at the same time, put ourselves in a position where we can win in the next two, in the next one, two years. Cause I firmly believe that if he were to make this deal with a New York or an LA or whoever, um, Minnesota was also mentioned as one of those candidates, which I mean, with how good Minnesota is right now, could you imagine him and Kaprizov? Oh, nasty. Uh, th- like I, I just don't know, man. And it's it's also a, it's also a pretty scary thought too. Is like the whole could this be this generation's Taylor Hall? Where like what happens if he gets traded somewhere and then that that team continues to lose? You know, and then it's a conversation about is he the issue, right? Right. And I, I don't think he is. I, th- I think Jack, like Jack Eichel has, from everything I've seen, is a good guy. He's a good player, and he's a little weird. I, I know that. I, I, like, I know that much. Um, but which insanely good NHL player isn't a little weird in their own way? Um, but, yeah, I, I $10 million, um, the full no move clause kicks in after next season, so you have to move him this season. You have to get rid of because if he requests a trade, he has got you by the balls. Like here, here are your balls, and this is Jack Eichel's hand, and he just goes like, 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 like this. It's a Nolan, I'll very- be on- I'll be honest with you. I don't think you had to illustrate that. I think I think I understood what you were saying with, <laughs> with by the balls, <laughs> but they. Yeah, there because if, if if that's going to happen, then he's going to pick his destination, and that team can lowball you for whatever they want. It's going to be another Taylor Hall situation all over again. So, shouts out to Buffalo fans. I I still do have a pretty good feeling about them. Uh, I think if you kind of move this into like the Dylan Cousins, Rasmus Dahlin era, I think this could be something pretty special. But you got to hope they get a hell of a return back for Jack Eichel and Sam. Well, Sam Reinhardt's actually an RFA this year, so. Sam, they can actually get something back for Sam Reinhardt. So that should be everything for the episode this week. We're at 103. So not too, too, too bad. Sure not not as day. long. Next week is going to be a mammoth, uh, just so everybody knows. Uh, it's going to be really long, probably. I would not be surprised if we uh, challenge State of the Union for our longest episode next week because it's the last week of the season. So we're going to have to wrap up a lot, um, in which I want to. I have a little couple little categories that I'd like to go over, which I think would be really fun. Um, yeah, this week we've got Montreal tonight, and they won. 
So there's that. And then we got Montreal on Wednesday. And then the finale, the ever so anticipated finale between the Edmonton Oilers and the very much out of the playoffs Vancouver Canucks. And for some reason, they still need to play their games. Um on the 15th for uh, hockey. It's supposed to be hockey night in Canada, but they're playing at three, like three thirty Eastern time. So <laughs> not really a big deal, but uh, I, I think I, I realistically could see three, three, and zero this week. I'm saying three and all I'm calling. Yeah. Three and all. Yeah. Uh, um, if we would have recorded this episode on Sunday, I would have said two and one, but seeing them win that game against Montreal tonight, uh, I think they're going to do it again on Wednesday, just as a final fuck you. Uh, to anybody who is saying that they're not the second best team in that division and uh, make that series a little bit closer and then just give Vancouver one more thanks for coming out and, and finish things off with a, with a W. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's going to be a lot of sort of testing out some of those guys that haven't played too much. And I think that that's going to be needed. Um, like like you said, let's try and get Staylock in for a game just to kind of keep his legs fresh. But... <sighs> I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait for playoffs. I'm uh, a little bit, a uh, little bit, uh, knock on wood, scared. But uh, I think we're gonna do good. I think it's gonna be okay. Looking forward, did- I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well, Nolan. Um, it's cool that it's uh, that's a one for one bingo. It's cool that the season's wrapping up and we're finally seeing the playoff picture finalized and more teams are getting X's by their names. So congratulations to anyone who is a fan of a team, uh, not th- that are not the Oilers that is going to be in the playoffs and condolences to anyone whose team is not going to make the playoffs except for flames fans. Shout out Kyle, shout out Matt. Um, so yeah, looking forward to some more meaningful hockey for the copper and blue. Don't be mad at us, Capitals fans. We don't we don't hate you. We just aren't very yeah. happy with Tom Wilson. Uh, enjoy your first round matchup against the Bruins. It's gonna be gonna be good for you. That's yeah. the that's the karma Nolan was talking about coming for Tommy Doug. Well, I would actually appreciate if they eliminate the Bruins because uh, then Taylor Hall leaves, and then uh, you know what that means. You know what that means. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing this with you. The episode is over. The episode is done, Nolan. I'm the outro. Miles, close it off. Thanks for joining us for the 18th episode of the One for One podcast. As always, thanks to everyone who's been participating in the Pickapalooza. Hasn't been updated for a little while, but that's because we are going to be announcing the winner live on the show. Boop, boop. Maybe get a call in. Who knows? But I will say that I updated the standings uh, this weekend. And the gap between first, second, and third is not as big as you think. So get those picks in. Tanner, uh, you sweating? Uh, You should be. So looking forward to uh, getting things wrapped up there and getting that free one-of-one, one-for-one hoodie handed out to a very deserving winner. Whomever that may be. Whomstever. And as always, (laughs) go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.